Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante. And I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insights straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions, regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given podcast episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk.com at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, everyone. It's John Durante, your proud host, and I am very excited to introduce you today, Suzanne Miller from SUNY Geneseo. Good morning, Suzanne. Good morning. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. We are happy to have you. Why don't you tell us about yourself, Suzanne? How long have you been an admissions counselor, and how did you end up in this position? Sure. Well, I've been in the college admissions world since the mid-1990s, so I'm more of the uh, the parent age rather than the student age who may be listening. Uh, you know, like many people in my field, I kind of fell into this uh, this role. Uh, when I first started really thinking about my future, I thought I wanted to be a school counselor. I loved, uh, I loved college, and I love. I wound up at the col the college I wound up at. I really kind of fell into it. I didn't really have very good guidance in my school, and I thought, you know, I, I would like to be the one that helps students figure out their path. So. That was my idea. I even interned in a school counseling office my senior year of college, and and I decided, you know what, I might not be quite ready for this. And while I was interning, I also worked in the admissions office you know, as a work-study student. Um, I started out as a tour guide first and loved that, and then found my way into the admissions office working there. and really became fascinated with the inner workings of an admissions office, with the process, with the really important role of the admissions office to shape the culture of the school. And I love the people. You know, sometimes it doesn't really matter what you're doing in a job. If you've got great people that you're working with, sometimes that, that makes all the difference. But I really, really also enjoyed the work. And in conversation with the director of admissions, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, he said, you know, Suzanne, you really have a knack for this kind of work. Maybe you, sh you should think about higher ed instead of the school counseling. So I thought about it. I said, you know, I'll give that a shot. So I got a full-time job on campus and got my using tuition benefits got a master's in higher ed administration and then I started working in the admissions office this was at George Washington University in Washington DC and it was fabulous working for for GW great office it's a great school I my territory 
was Long Island. So I was, I grew up on Long Island. So it was great to have reasons to travel home. And uh, I traveled all over. And you know, GW is still very popular on Long Island. So to be able to represent a school where students just come running, they, it, it was, it was great. And then life happened got married, had a couple kids, took some time off, and I moved up to Long Island to be closer to family. And when I really felt like it was time to get myself back in the game of of something, uh, I started an independent college counseling practice because I had all of this knowledge of college admissions and I had my master's in higher ed and I thought I gotta do something because I read thousands of applications, you know, traveled all over the country, had all this great knowledge. So I started that. I started visiting colleges like crazy. I probably hit about 200 colleges in a matter of a few years, went to conferences and thoroughly enjoyed that. And people liked what I did because everybody that came to me was a referral from somebody else. But then I realized, you know, what I was doing was really the difference between the haves and the have-nots. I was helping people who had the means to assist their kids. And what about the others? What about the ones that needed a little bit more guidance? And so I thought again about that school counseling uh, dream or goal. I went back to school uh, well, my kids were little and I was still working part-time as an independent counselor and I got my degree in school counseling and I did work in schools for a while, uh, but didn't quite work out. Couldn't quite land that public school job. It's a hard, it's a hard market and I did work in some private schools as a school counselor, but still it wasn't the right fit for me. Uh, and then in 2017, I attended the New York State ACAC conference, which is the New York State uh, Association for College Admission Counselors. That that conference happened to be located at Geneseo. I had never been there before. So I go up to Geneseo for this conference and I was blown away. The campus is beautiful. The people I met that worked there were smart and so nice and so I felt like they were my people. It was just weird. I had just felt this very strong connection. The students that I met were phenomenal, bright, motivated, interesting. I thought, and I left that place and saying, wow, I, where has this been all my life? <laughs> and then just a few months later, I saw a job posting for Long Island Admissions Counselor for SUNY Geneseo. And I said, wow, that is my job. And I applied for it. And this was back in 2018. And it was so interesting because so much of the job, the traveling to Long Island high schools, it was like riding a bike. <laughs> Except this time my bike has GPS. Back then it didn't. Uh, and I've you know, really just enjoyed getting back in touch with my Long Island high school root, uh, you know, roots and uh, working with the families and the counselors. And it's a phenomenal fit. I couldn't be happier. So that's... Oh, and so and so I've also been a parent, by the way, of a uh, of college students. So I really have a three hundred and sixty degree view of this admissions process, which really helps with my job. I've worked as an a admissions officer at a private university. I've worked in schools. I'm a parent of college students, so I've gone through the process as a parent, and now I'm back working for a public school. So really, I have 
a lot to bring to the table, I think. You, you definitely do, and I love how you uh, explained all of the resources that you're going to be able to bring to us, and that's why we put programs like this together, because those resources are going to be shared with all parents, parents on Long Island uh, and beyond. So thank you for that great introduction. Oh, you're welcome. So what is it about SUNY Geneseo that makes it appealing for students to want to apply? SUNY Geneseo feels like a private school at public school prices. And I say that not just because it's the institution I represent, but it's what I hear over and over and over again from students, from people who visit. When I walk into a high school, um, I'm chatting with the counselors, that's what they always say, re repeat back to me. The campus is beautiful. It's always on lists for one of the most beautiful college campuses in New York State, in, in the country. We the, A couple of years ago, Condé Nast Traveler came out with a list of most beautiful college campuses in America, and Geneseo was, was on it. Another list came out of the um, you know, top 10 most beautiful college campuses in New York State, and Geneseo was close to the top. I mean, it's got that old, um, I don't want to say old, but that classic a liberal arts college look with the red brick buildings, ivy covered walls. Uh, we have the most beautiful sunsets. Just Google Geneseo sunsets. It's a thing. And we even have an ice cream store on Main Street called Sunset Scoops. Talking about Main Street, and it did right next to the campus, we have a charming little town, about 60 different shops and restaurants, all little independent shops. Many of the proprietors either attended Geneseo and never wanted to leave or lifelong residents of the town of Geneseo. So there's a real connection between the town and and the college. The town is actually a registered national landmark. Only 24, I think, communities are uh, have that distinction. So what you get is this whole um, community of, of a beautiful campus, a charming town, uh, and then it kind of sprawls out into a really uh, charming old neighborhood full of you know Victorian homes. It has this real, um, like you really feel like you're transported to a new place when you're at Geneseo. Okay, so the setting is beautiful, but what about the academics? We're known for academic excellence. Geneseo is widely thought of as you know the honors college of the SUNY system. We're part of the State University of New York. There are 64 campuses of SUNY. We've got the university centers. We've got the state colleges, the comprehensive colleges. That's where we fall. And we're really widely thought of as the cream of the crop of the comprehensive colleges. We are an undergraduate institution student population of about 4,800 students. Not too big, not too small. I kind of think of it as that just right, almost like that Goldilocks, you know, just right size, where you'll never know everybody, but as you walk around campus, you will always bump into people you know. Professors will know you by name. We have small class sizes, lots of individual attention, and it's important to point out why being an undergraduate institution is important. We're known for this academic excellence. We're known for incredible academic and leadership opportunities for our students. And it's all for the undergraduate population. You know, if there's some really interesting, innovative research that's being done, it's not done by graduate students, it's done by undergraduate students. And that's an incredibly important piece to who we are. We even have a day in the April every year where we shut down classes 
and it's a day where students can present their research. It's called Great Day, Geneseo Recognizing Excellence in Academics and Talent. And I might have gotten that acronym wrong, but it's something like that. And uh, students present their research, they present performances that they've been working on. Uh, they, it's a whole day of just celebrating this you know, academic, this excellence in academics, in arts, in, um, you know, there's da there are dance performances, music performances. We really focus on that, you know, how we can help students become the best that they can be. Uh, we're also really um, a nice campus, nice people, students that are looking for the, for the common good. And uh, we're always on lists of colleges making the world a better place. And um, our faculty, amazing. Over 90% of our faculty have the terminal degree in their field, PhD or whatever that is. Um, and our academic programs, we're really well known for the sciences. We are a pre-med powerhouse. And any student who's interested in going on to medical school, think about how expensive medical school is. If you can come to a SUNY school at this incredible value, whether you're from in-state or out-of-state, our in-state tuition, room board, everything, it's about $25,000 a year. Add another 10,000 or so on top of that for an out-of-state student. The, the value, amazing. It, it, it's amazing. It's, it's an amazing. amazing value. And like you said, the academics are phenomenal. Yep. And you're in the heart of the Genesee Valley, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful place to visit. Spectacular, yep. for sure. Yep. And just a couple other uh, academic programs I want to throw out there before Please. we move on is uh, Please. Uh, certainly education. There are something, I mean, there, there are thousands and thousands of teachers out there who were educated at Geneseo, all the way from early childhood education, all the way through high school. We've got early childhood, childhood, special ed. We have adolescent education in all the core subjects. Uh, English, math, social studies, science, uh, Spanish and French, and we even have master's programs. We do have a few, I, I, I was talking about our undergraduate uh, population. We do have a couple of graduate programs. I do have to mention, we have master's programs in education, and we do have some four plus one programs with that, so you'll know right from the beginning if you're in for that master's. Uh, we also have our business school is AACSB accredited, only about 6% of business schools worldwide have this accreditation, and we've got it. We have, we're, and we keep adding majors to our business school. It's so fascinating. We've got business administration, uh, accounting. We have a four plus one program with our accounting, so you can come and get and be eligible to take that CPA exam. Uh, we've got finance, um, data analytics. That's a brand new major. We have economics. Um, so, and great connections with faculty. We've got a Bloomberg trading room I, I'm, and, and connections with alumni. Um, we have the number one physics program in the country among comprehensive colleges, if you're interested in physics. Actually, I think we have a Syosset graduate uh, who's a sophomore or junior right now uh, in our physics program. I remember coming to visit Syosset and we sat at the table. He was like, my teacher told me to come here. I don't really know anything about Geneseo. <laughs> and he, he's there. As a physics major, uh, we have a, um, a particle accelerator in our science building. It's a state school. Come on. That's but we amazing. Have, yeah, it, it, it's, it really is an incredible value. I mean, I could talk for many, many hours about the school, but I think, I think that's it in a nutshell. 
Well, thank you so much for that very comprehensive uh, introduction. We really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to learning a lot more. How many applications do you actually receive a year, and do you represent a, a specific region? Sure. Uh, you know, we, we've seen some interesting trends, you know, in this time of COVID. Um, we've all we've seen ups and downs over the past few years, but we typically receive around 10,000 applications a year. Wow. You know, we, with our overall population of, you know, under 5,000, uh, we look to bring in a freshman class of about between 1,100 and 1,200. Uh, we do bring in a good number of transfer students as well. So our new student population is not restricted to first year students. Uh, and I'm the initial reviewer on just about all applications from Nassau and Suffolk counties. And that's a lot. It's a lot. We were very popular on Long Island. We about 20%, at least 20% of our student body come from Long Island. So uh, while there's a lot of students that come from other areas of the state and from you know, other states as well, a good chunk. Uh, you know, that's, that's why I'm here. That's why <laughs> I'm actually based on Long Island. I live on Long Island so I can be boots on the ground uh, and, and go to as many programs as I can and meet with as many families and students as I can. So what does that mean? If I read Nassau and Suffolk County, I read between, you know, fi about fifteen to seventeen hundred applications a year. Wow, fifteen to seventeen hundred yeah. a year—that's amazing. Yes, it's a lot. It's a lot. So, can you walk us through that process in terms of how you will evaluate so many applications? Are there teams of people representing different regions? If so, how many applications is each group working on? Just give us a little bit more insight in terms of the overall process. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, uh, I get, uh, I am the initial reviewer on Nassau and Suffolk County. So we break it up by, by county. You'll often find with SUNY schools, we're broke, the, the territories are broken up by county. I only have two counties. Some of my colleagues have seven or eight counties, but that's because they're not as populated, populated as Nassau and Suffolk. And I review them one at a time. What can I say? One <laughs> at a time. And we really do um, review them holistically. That's one thing I'm really, I'm really, really proud of our admissions um, review process because we carefully review each one. Uh, the first thing I do uh, is, you know, I look at that transcript and evaluate the transcript. And the benefit of us reading regionally like this and reading the territories that we travel to is that I've developed relationships with the different high schools that I've visited. And I've become very familiar with the structure of different high schools. You know, different high schools offer different programs. They different, offer different types of classes. Here on Long Island, we have schools that are, you know, at Syosset, you've got lots of AP courses uh, where uh, and dual enrollment courses as well. Uh, some high schools are IB schools where they uh, have the International Baccalaureate program. That's a also an incredibly challenging uh, academic program for high school students. There are some schools that don't have anything like that, where everybody in the school, you know, it was a difficult school to get into to begin with, and then uh, the the curriculum is all the same, no matter what the who the student is, and it's imperative that I understand that as I'm reviewing an application. Also, the weighting system at different schools is 
it's wild, the different <laughs> types of waiting systems. There are high schools out there that wait to 110. There are high schools that don't wait at all. And it's very important that when I'm looking at a GPA that the high school provides, that I understand that. So I dissect the transcript um, and I you know, really look deeply at trends, at um, you know, rigor of curriculum, very, very important, and, uh, and, and understanding the, um, you know, the, the high school, very, very important. Now, how do I read so many? Well, we start reading applications as early as November, because a lot of students are really on the ball and get their applications in. And we know that's probably because they're applying early action to other schools and their common app is done. So they're saying, oh, I know I'm applying to Geneseo, so I'm just gonna get it in. And it's a lot, it's intense. Uh, and you know, I do wanna go back and talk a little bit more. It's more, more than just the transcript. Let me go back a little bit. So dissecting the transcripts, evaluating that, that rigor of the curriculum. And you know, you make, we get a GPA from the school and we look at that GPA, but guess what? We kind of create our own GPA. That, that was gonna actually be one of my questions, whether you take the high school GPA and take it at face value, or do you use your own metrics to you know, develop a, a Geneseo GPA, if you will? So we do. So please walk yes. us through that. That's very interesting, something that people wanna hear about. I'm happy to, I'm happy to, to elaborate. You know, sometimes I look at a GPA and like, oh, look, you know, this is a 93 GPA that fits right in with our students. But then I, I look carefully and there are some very strong grades in electives and then the academics are weaker. So what we do is we take those core subjects, English, math, social studies, foreign language, um, science, and we, as I said, we really dissect it. I will count the number of A's, B's, C's, D's, F's sometimes. <laughs> uh, and we come up with our own core GPA. And I think that really helps to level that. Um, you know, there's some, as I said, some schools wait to 110. So a 93 average at that school versus a 93 average where they, the highest is 100, two entirely different transcripts. So we really have to focus in on that. And I'm very proud that we have the time to do that. Um, uh, so that's very, very important. And we look at trends, you know, did it start low in ninth grade and then picked it up or the other way around? Uh, if, when we know that this time of COVID, wow, transcripts have been wild. And I've asked for mid-year grades for more students this year than I ever have before for a couple of reasons. One, you know, the, these students, they had a normal ninth grade, 10th grade was disrupted, 11th grade, who knows what kind of situation they were in. Some were fully remote, some were on again, off again, remote in person. Uh, and so sometimes students have started out really strong ninth and 10th and then tanked 11th grade. Wanna see if they've rebounded. Also, some students had really kind of rocky 10th and 11th, but then, no, I mean, I'm sorry, 9th and 10th, and then 11th is suddenly stellar. I'm like, that seems a little strange. Let's see if that's key, that we're holding up with that, and we get the mid-year grades. Uh, you know, we, we look for clues. We look for clues. We look for inconsistencies, and sometimes we need to know more, and so we'll send messages to students to say, hey, can you give me a little bit more information? You know, this is the Geneseo way. This is not necessarily, you know, a larger school might not have time for this. Uh, so the transcript is the most important piece. Now, you want to hear a little bit more about how we look at the rest of the application? 
yeah, dig yeah. just yeah. a little deeper on that. And then yeah. the, the next part of the question is going to ask, of course, what is the profile of the current freshman yeah. class? Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, the, um, the application itself is very, very important. We're more than just the grades. We want to see the, the rest of the picture. And we're looking at the quality of your writing. We're looking at the overall look of your application. Do not uh, de-emphasize the importance of that overall look of the application. Are you using proper capitalization? Are things spelled correctly? Um, did you proofread? I, I think you just got remarkable. the attention of every English teacher out there, you know? <laughs> oh, good, good, good. I mean, it's unbelievable. I actually run an hour-long webinar that's very well uh, attended. I've done it many, many times, and I've actually done versions of it at many high schools around Long Island. It's called Application Do's and Don'ts. And I have lots and lots of screenshots of mistakes on applications. It would blow your mind away. I mean, really, it's it's remarkable the kinds of mistakes that I see. And simple proofreading would alleviate 90%. Well, of Suzanne, it. that's that's really interesting. And by the way, anything that you want to share in the show notes about yourself, uh, any resources on essay writing, SUNY Geneseo, please know that we could put anything you like in the show notes once this is all recorded. Thank you so much. Terrific. My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, and then your, your essay, we do read them. So work on that. And formatting is very important. It's think about your reader. As I mentioned, I read a lot of applications. If you're sending one big giant blob of text, no breaks in paragraphs, you know, it's very difficult to read. Break it up into paragraphs proofread it, make sure it's not. I, I read an essay the other day where half of the first, half, half of it was one sentence. It just went on and on and on and on and on. It was a little hard to read. Uh, and if there are inconsistencies in your transcript, if there was something going on with you, this is your chance to let us know. And it's not about pity, it's about context. So give us the information. Now the activity section, you have the opportunity. Now we're talking about the Common App. The SUNY does have its own application as well. I find the Common App is a little uh, easier to read as an application reviewer and it also gives us more information. So either one is absolutely fine, but I'm, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking in terms of the Common App. Common App allows for 10 different activities for you to tell us about. Please use that space. I can't tell you how many applications I read where a student lists one or two things or nothing at all, and then the letters of recommendation list all of these great activities. That's, you're doing yourself a disservice. This is your time to toot your own horn. Um, so the writing, the activities, the overall look of the application, um, and again, it's not about pity, it's about context. This has been a very challenging time for us all. Sure has and let us know what was going on. I've read some great pieces where students describe, um, you know, I live in a two bedroom apartment with my parents and three siblings. We, our Wi-Fi was not consistent. We all had to do online schooling. My parents were working from home. You know, the, it was very, very difficult to manage. You know, let us know. And let your school counselors know so they can write about it in your letters of recommendation. Uh, so uh, 
that's that's kind of how we, we also look at demonstrated interest. Um, I can talk a little bit about demonstrated interest as well. Uh, Please do. The, yeah, the demonstrated interest is not hard to do. You don't have to get in your car and drive the five and a half or so hours to Geneseo from Long Island or from wherever you are, because we, we're, we're near Rochester, we're not right around the block. But there are so many virtual ways to demonstrate interest. One thing that this pandemic really has taught us is that there are ways to reach students that we never really thought of before. If you go onto the website, the Geneseo website, and click, you know, contact us or find your admissions counselor, there are lots of different ways. You can find my picture, you can click on a link and find a calendar, and we can set up a Zoom appointment or Google Meet or just a phone appointment. Easy, do it from the comfort of your own home. Uh, we have virtual uh, information sessions, virtual tours. Uh, we come to you. I will, I'm sure, I was at Syosset High School last fall. I was, in I was in over 100 different high schools on Long Island alone. College reps want to talk to you. We're at college fairs. We are, we are available. Admissions folks are happy, friendly, people we wouldn't be in this field if we didn't like we didn't like students and we didn't like to talk to you uh if if you meet a grumpy admissions counselor they're in the wrong job <laughs> you know and so. i think you offer a great piece of advice just recently i was speaking to a student who was deferred to a school and i asked well did you reach out to let them know that in fact if you're accepted you're going to go to that school and the student looked at me and said well I think my, my guidance counselor did that. And no, no students, if you are truly interested in a school, this is not the time to be shy. Like Suzanne mentioned, whether it's setting up a virtual Zoom, emailing the admissions rep to let them know that in fact, this is the school of your choice. And in fact, if you are accepted, you will attend. Because I would imagine, Suzanne, you get 10,000 applications there's a percentage that get accepted. From that percentage, you know that a certain amount will not attend regardless. And then, and we spoke about this in another episode, that data changes from year to year. So the process, I, I can't even imagine how difficult it is on the college's side because you don't know who's for real or not. But I guess just encouraging the students that if they're for real, if they really want to attend a particular school, showing that demonstrated interest is so important. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And, and don't wait until you get your admissions decision to demonstrate that interest because this is a fluid process. I may make my initial uh, recommendation. You know, uh, when I'm, I, you know, I say, well, you know, clear admit, uh, maybe a wait list, deny. Like I send it to, I send that off. I'm not the final word. You know, they that then goes to you know a small committee of folks that have you know at a higher pay grade than I, than I am, <laughs> and I've seen different decisions. Not my not my recommendation for one reason or another, uh, which I respect. And there are students who maybe didn't really shine in their application and maybe were. Uh, initially initially on the wait list not notified yet but then did that push that that um 
you know, email, when am I going to hear? I'm really interested, you know, set up an appointment. You show that interest. That could really help a borderline student. And I've seen students be moved from waitlist to admit before they even know that they were initially on that waitlist. That's tremendous insight and great advice. Thank you again for that. So what, what is the profile of the current freshman class in terms of GPA, SAT, or, S- or ACT, and whatever else you uh, look at? Sure. Uh, we have very, very bright students. Our average GPA is around between a 92 and a 93. Now, of course, we talked quite a bit earlier about the, uh, the crazy weighting of high schools, uh, the, you know, what is that, you know, what does that even mean? But when we're looking at the big picture, you know, we're looking at students that really have that, uh, you know, have the good rigor in their curriculum and have about a 92, 93 average. Does that, that's average folks, that's not a cutoff. So anybody listening who maybe has like, you know, a high B average in the 80s, but don't don't despair uh, because it's more than just more way more than just numbers but we do want to make sure we do want to make well nobody can make sure but we want to assess your ability to succeed at Geneseo that's the key do I think as I'm reviewing an application I'm trying to figure out if the student will succeed at Geneseo that's the point we want you to be successful so with that said, about a night between a 92 and a 93 GPA. Now, SAT and ACT, it's hard to give you a um, you know, data that is really valuable because in this world of test optional, only students with good scores are submitting their their scores these days. You know, we've been test optional now for the past two cycles. We fully expect to remain test optional for the future. I don't know if we'll ever bring the testing back. Um, Pre-pandemic, our average SAT was about a 12.30. Our average ACT was about a 25. Uh, and, but those numbers just keep going up because only students with good scores are sending them. If you are applying to test optional schools, and actually most of them are, another piece of advice I can give you is reach out to your admissions counselor about whether or not you should send your scores. I've had conversations with many students about their scores and whether or not I think they should submit them. And I'm open to having that conversation with, with anyone. So do keep that in mind that our that admissions counselors are here to help guide you through this process as well. Excellent advice. And my question was going to be, does leaving out the test scores in schools that are test optional, such as SUNY Geneseo, influence financial aid awards on the merit-based side? No, we actually don't even use it at all. Even if students submitted their test scores, we do not use the test scores at all when determining a merit scholarship. Well, that's good to know. I know that a lot of parents have actually emailed me on that question and inboxed me on social media. So I just had to ask and I appreciate that insight. Yeah. Yeah. How important are students' grades in senior year? And can you give an example of why a student's senior year grades made you change your mind regarding their admission status? Senior year is important, folks. High school is four years, not three. I've heard several students say, oh, I'm a senior now. I can, you know, take it easy. Mm, Nope. Nope. That's not the case at all. And for a couple of reasons. Again, I mentioned high school is four years, not three. But if you take it easy your senior year, your, your, your brain is a muscle. 
you're not really flexing those muscles. You're not using those muscles. So when you get to college, it's going to be even harder for you to really succeed. So let's keep up the good work. You know, as I mentioned, rigor of curriculum is very important. So keep up that good work. It's so funny. Sometimes I see students kind of, what I say, you know, you know, pulling a Hail Mary. You know, maybe their ninth, 10th, 11th grade rigor wasn't so great. And then suddenly they have five or six AP courses their senior year. And I think, whoa, are you really ready for that? Like, are you setting yourself up for success there? You know, maybe pull back a little bit. Know, know your, 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 uh, um, your strengths. You don't have to do that, but definitely keep up with the core academics. Uh, you know, we, when we are reviewing, here's an important piece of information if any folks are listening to, you know, with you, the younger high school students, I strongly encourage you to stick with foreign language. You know, when a student has four years of a foreign language, of the same foreign language on their transcript, at Geneseo at least, that waves you out of your foreign language requirement. So, you know, stick with that foreign language. So senior year grades, I mentioned earlier that sometimes it's, uh, you know, we've been asking for senior year grades more than ever. So that really can make or break a situation. Like I've had students who had, you know, pretty good ninth and 10th grade and then 11th grade was really rocky. It's been a, a wild couple years. And so I said, let me see your mid-year grades. Let's see if you've rebounded. And the mid-years come, have not rebounded. So that's where you know, my gut reaction of not ready is correct. Uh, sometimes those mid-year grades come in and the student has rebounded. So then, all right, then it moves in the right direction. So yes, very important. Also, every letter of admission that students are going to get, it's not congratulations, you're in, it's guaranteed, it's done. Every letter is going to say some version of this. Your admission to this institution is contingent upon you completing high school at the level you showed us during the application process. I have seen students' admission get, get rescinded, meaning taken away, if those senior year grades really tank. I've also seen students get placed on academic probation not a, to, to start college, not a great way to start. And I've also seen students get letters saying, you know what, you don't seem ready for college, so um, come back to us in a year. Go, 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 you know, show us your, that your maturity level is, is, is up to par and maybe you can come back to us in a year. So. Those are important examples and great advice. Taking world language for four years is certainly something that would benefit a student if they're coming to SUNY Geneseo, they would be exempt. But also building ramps, like you said, if you're taking not so rigorous a course load and then all of a sudden in senior year you decide to take five APs, you're right, that might be too much of a jump for some students, but to be mindful of you have four years of opportunities in a high school, build the ramps and progress at your pace and it's gonna be different from student to student. I know we spoke about college essays earlier and you talked about content and not having run on sentences. What about examples of an essay that really stuck out with you in terms of the topic, in terms of saying, wow, I really want to meet this student? Sure, sure. Um, there are so many. I mean, I've read so many. And not only have I read so many, I've also helped so many students uh, a, a, a write, write their essays. And some students feel like they have to 
have a huge story to tell. They don't have to have a huge story to tell. You know, the, thankfully, the majority of students out there have been living a pretty uneventful life. And that's, <laughs> and that's okay. And some essays that I've absolutely loved have been those slice of life essays that are not about a traumatic event or a you know, major life event. Uh, one student I helped years ago, this was the great, one of the greatest essays. The whole essay was about how she and her friends were trying to eliminate the word like from their vocabulary. <laughs> it was funny. It was lighthearted. It was in a teenager's voice. It was fantastic. She got in early decision to Vanderbilt with that essay. So it's, you may think it's a silly topic, but there are no silly topics. It's about how you write them. Uh, I've also read some incredibly powerful pieces. You know, there's been a lot over the past few years about uh, a lot of social justice issues have come up in the past couple of years. And some students have written some incredibly powerful pieces about how they have um, been involved with social justice issues. You know, many students of color have written about their life experiences. Uh, students who are first generation, meaning their parents didn't go to college, you know, write about the importance of education in their families. Uh, there's, um, th but this is not a, a time though to, to shock us though. Uh, stay away from profanity. I say it because I've seen it. You're kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People oh, actually oh. use profanity in the college essay. They, oh, they do. They do. This <laughs> oh, is a this is a G-rated podcast, so I won't repeat what was uh, was said. But maybe when we're done recording, I'll I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> there was a, a student who uh, once who detailed a very invasive um, medical procedure that he had. Um, I think that was for shock value did not need to know those details uh there have got to be there's got to be something else uh, about about your life that's interesting i would say the essay topics that make me kind of go oh here we go again uh are the i didn't make the team and then i worked really hard and i made the team right uh the oh i tore my acl and so i had to go to physical therapy and i couldn't participate in sports anymore, so now I found a new love of Model UN. Right. You know, those stories are important to the student, and I recognize that, but those are topics that have been done over and over and over again. So uh, there are really wonderful resources out there to help students with the essay. They're free resources. Um, I run a, a essay writing webinar in addition to my application one, that's also through through Geneseo, and uh, and but there's also there's a great website called the College Essay Guy. Take a look at his stuff. A lot of free resources there. Um, so and remember, this is also a place to create context for uh, your you know, any gaps in your transcript, or if there's if you have had hardships, this is the time to tell us about it. But don't just say, this happened, the end. Talk about what you learned. Talk about how you changed. Talk about how that maybe changed the trajectory of your life in one way or another. Uh, and I'm telling you, a bad essay can really hurt an application. A great essay can help a borderline application. Um, but a great essay isn't going to really make up for a very weak transcript. Understood. 
And I appreciate that you said use your teenage voice, which seems to be a theme that's been coming up in the different episodes. One rep talked about how she was reading an essay and it sounded very lawyerish. And all of a sudden she found out that that student's parents were both lawyers. And she said, ah, this makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, using oh, yeah. your teenage voice, obviously, you know, the format, you don't want to have run on sentences, but speak from yourself in that essay. I think it's very good and very important advice. So I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, if an essay has a complicated uh, sentence structure and big words, and then I see that the student got, you know, a C in English, too many hands have been in that essay. Understood. And again, you know, great advice to our students and their parents. A student's activity sheet is another piece of their application. So what are the kinds of things you are looking for beyond the work that they've done in the classroom? Sure. There's no magic activity that we're looking for. But Geneseo students are very busy. They're very, very active. We have incredible opportunities to get involved. And since we are that you know medium-sized, smaller side of medium school, um, there are ways for even first-year students to jump right in with leadership positions. So we want to see students who are going to jump in and, and get involved. These do not have to be earth-shattering activities. You know, you do not have to be a leader of every club. You don't have to have you know hundreds of hours of community service. Just let us know what you've been doing. And every application tells a story. So often when I see students who are, in, especially if they're applying for education, a lot of times they have activities that relate to that, whether they've been a camp counselor or they babysit, or maybe they work at a preschool. Uh, you know, your application tells a story, but this is your time to let us know about your activities. Don't think, well, they're not gonna really care that I worked part-time at Old Navy. Yes, yes, we do care. We want to see that you have the time management skills to be a good student and still have a life outside of the classroom because that, those are the kinds of students that will succeed at Geneseo. You know, if you have been involved with um, an activity or a hobby that maybe isn't structured. You, know, you don't have set meetings, but you know, over, you know, we were all cooped up in our houses for quite a long time. I've read some really interesting activity lists where students you know, picked up the ukulele and uh, you know, using YouTube videos learned how to play the ukulele. Let us know about that. Another student you know, became a really great baker and started a little business you know, selling you know, baked goods. Uh, or you know, another student I uh, read recently, she created a tie-dye business because she wanted to you know, do something and be productive. Uh, you have to let us know about your, your activities, even if you think it's not important. And sometimes students say, well, I don't really have time for activities because I have to work to help support my family. Fine, let us know. Put that job in there. Be proud of it. Uh, some students have to help care for younger siblings. I've read so many applications where, uh, especially this pandemic time, where you know parents had to go out and work and somebody had to be home to supervise online learning for the younger siblings. And so that could be something. It, 
there might have been a dip in grades for the high school student because the high school student had to help the younger siblings with the online schooling. There's so much that information that we glean from that activity list. So if you're a caretaker, let us know. If you have an elderly relative uh, that lives with you and you help care for that. Um, you know, you don't have to write down, I, I walk my dog and I load the dishwasher. You should be doing that anyway. That's not exactly an activity, but um, do let us know. It does not have to be, you know, a, a structured activity. Thank you for that great advice. You know, again, from uh, someone who makes this, the uh, decisions out there. So I hope the students and parents are uh, taking this in. What about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? Uh, sure, absolutely. Now, uh, I'm not an expert in this, but this is just my, my advice. You know, certainly we know about the three different divisions in sports, division one, two, and three. You know, there are certain rules uh, with, with contact with coaches uh, for division one, maybe for division two as well. Division three is where we fall with Geneseo, and we don't have, division three, we don't have any of those real strict rules. Uh, there is no athletic scholarship. There's no money available for D3. So a lot of times students will, they just want to continue with their sport. They want to enjoy, they want to have that camaraderie of a team and that structure. And that's great. And we are actually uh, a powerhouse when it comes to certain sports. Our swimming and diving team, both men's and women's, have won uh, they're number one in their division for the past you know eight ten years our men's ice hockey team is phenomenal consistently ranked number one number two in the country uh, so d3 sports don't knock them uh, but what i recommend you do is communicate with your coaches that you work with you know say this is you know, make sure that that those lines of communication are open ask them for advice on our website we have a recruiting form fill it out you know, get it. You can get in touch with the coach. Send emails. You know, reach out. Uh, our coaches organize uh, visits for their uh, potential athletes. Uh, they will. They will coordinate their own their own visit program and their own um, recruitment. Uh, so you have to be your own advocate. You know, in this in this process. But do know that uh, you know, athletic scholarships. You know, it's a really small percentage of high school athletes that actually get an athletic scholarship. So if you're thinking that that's your ticket into college, think again. Um, it's a very competitive world out there. And also being a collegiate athlete is a huge commitment. It's more than just, it's more than what you've got going on in, 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 high, in a high school sport. But go for it. It helps to create that community uh, within a college. And, uh, and I know it, we love our athletes at Geneseo. Thank you so much. And uh, absolutely, we absolutely love our athletes for sure. Lastly, what are the three top pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents who are getting ready for the college process? Sure, uh, I have so many, but I'll try to narrow it down. Um, one thing that I think is extraordinarily important is to have a frank discussion about finances at the beginning of the process. I have had conversations with, with parents, with friends of mine. I mean, I'm at the age where I have, I'm a mom of two college students, so a lot of my you know, friends and peers, uh, we, we all have kids in college, uh, where they didn't have this conversation. And then when it came down to it, they didn't have any choices that were really affordable. You have to make sure that you talk to your kids about what 
is going to be a good fit for the family. Always have at least one or two financial safety schools on your list. Uh, you, know, you don't want to be in under mountains of debt. So I think that's a, that's a huge thing. Another piece of advice, this one's simple, create a new email address just for the college admissions process and keep that, that email address sacred. You use that email address on your applications. You check that email every single day. That is the way colleges communicate with you. We have a sneaky little program that we use. A lot of colleges use this special program where we can see if students have opened emails. And that goes back to the demonstrated interest. So if you are using an old email address that you've had for many years and you get 200 spam emails every day, you're gonna miss something important. So create that new email address, be sure to check it, set up alerts, and you don't wanna miss that communication. Okay. And I guess the last piece of advice, number three, would be communicate with your admissions counselor. Be, know that we can be your advocates. We can fight for you if you're a borderline student, if we've created a relationship. I think those are three tremendous pieces of advice. First of all, from the very beginning, talking to the family about the finances, where you can go, where you can't go. So important to have that established early so that there's no confusion later on in the process. I love the fact that you talked about the new email address. I'm thinking of my old, you know, I'm gonna give my age away here, but my old AOL account where I probably get about a thousand sure. spam emails a day at this point. And you're absolutely right. It's so easy to miss emails uh, in, in, a, in an email like that, and, and I have. And lastly, the importance of communication, again, to demonstrate the interest. If you're really interested in a school, demonstrating that interest by communicating is really important. And going back to number two, just for a moment, where you said that you have methods to see whether or not a student has opened an email address or read it, again, falls under demonstrated interest. So students, if you're interested in going to a school, make sure that you're doing these things. Suzanne, I can't thank you enough for your insight. This has been a fabulous conversation. I know it's a great resource to students and their parents. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. Absolutely my pleasure. I have all of this knowledge and I love sharing it. And if I can help the process be just a little bit easier and a little less confusing, uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to participate. You certainly helped a lot of people today, and I'm hoping that we could put some of the links that you mentioned in the show notes. So thank you again so much. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.